0: Now it's time to get the latest from the quarterback of the pack, Aaron Rodgers. It's Tuesdays with Aaron. Here's your host, Jason Wilding. It is the Aaron Rodgers Show. Tuesdays with Aaron,
1: with Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. How you doing? Well, I'm doing all right. I mean, it's it's good to be in here, but. Uh, it's a bit of a hesitant response there. Yeah, I mean it's tough. it was a tough loss. Tough loss. I yeah.
0: I, I appreciate everyone uh, wishing me luck with the show, because you know oh how's Aaron gonna be? Um, we haven't done many shows after losses. This is the third show we've done this year, and last year we only did two shows after losses. What are you um? What do you like after a loss? What are you? Because uh, my experience has been relatively you know you're certainly not happy, but you, you're not. Uh, surly but if you want to be surly good word today, use is there that's a great you, great
1: word are you, word you, are you
0: surly i mean how how no, are you i mean losses? you know what?
1: Uh, unfortunately it's something that you have to learn to deal with in a positive way um i mean it's not that it doesn't frustrate you but um, you have to be able to refocus quickly in this league and um you know it sucks on sunday uh, especially road games you know those those road trips uh, with a victory are always a little bit sweeter uh, the plane rides a little a little more upbeat uh, it's exciting um, as you as you reminisce about what happened hours before and um, so just a real good feeling on the bus leaving the stadium and then uh, you know get on the airplane heading home and uh, it's it's exciting but when you lose it's, it's the opposite it's frustrating uh, yeah, you know, you're just thinking about the mistakes you made and, and the the what-if game, which is always a, a negative one and, and it's never going to make you feel any better. But you learn. I mean, you really have to put it behind you. Monday you come and you watch the film, and after that, uh, it's time to move on, It's frustrating as it is. Now, there's some losses that stick with you a little bit longer, um, you know, but uh, but you really have to be able to refocus quickly. And we got a good opponent this week and uh, an opportunity to get to 3-3, three and three, which is where we were. 2010, when we when we went on uh, a little bit of a run. When you go about that
0: process of refocusing, I'm assuming it's easier than when you don't also compound it with the bad news you got yesterday. I don't know. I sent you a a quick message when I saw it on uh, halftime of the Monday. You don't have to
1: broadcast that that you send me a message, but yeah. Well, we have to communicate to do the radio, so right? I'm okay, not yeah, you're bragging, right. Okay. I have I contact yeah, with you because kind of kind of most of my a bit, most of my messages get
0: ignored. So, um, Cedric Benson being out at least eight weeks and maybe for the rest of the season, you have been a huge fan of his. How disappointing is this, and and how do you overcome this significant of a loss?
1: It's tough, you know, because Ced and I have become uh, um, good buddies and and really enjoyed his attitude and. The effort and um, the way he's taken his job uh, so seriously, and, and really been a great example for those young guys in his room and also on the team, of uh, you know what a professional really looks like. And he's come in and given us something different that we haven't had here in a while. Um, he's made some plays, run the football. He's made a lot of great catches for us, catching runs. You know, it's going to be tough. Uh, just losing uh, him every day at practice and. Um, obviously in the games, but as we signed the game, you know, Alex Green has kind of been waiting for an opportunity um, you know, had some some runs where he didn't have a chance, and then when he had a chance he made the most of his runs And uh, we all have seen him make some plays in practice, and I think it was probably really good for him, uh, confidence-wise, to make a big-time run there in the fourth quarter and put us in a position to take the lead like he did James Starks, I think, is, uh, is healthy and uh, ready to get back in the mix and Brandon Sane gives us uh, a third different type of back, a back who's very patient, uh, allows the run game to set up, excellent hands, um, excellent understanding of the offense. Um, so he's going to get some opportunities as well.
0: Uh, before you busted my chops for it, my point about sending you the message was I didn't expect that news at halftime of the Monday night football game. I i knew that it was probably worse then Cedric made it sound after the game because Mike McCarthy ruled him out immediately yesterday, which he very seldom does. And I did think back to 2006 when, uh Cedric, uh, Cedric, Benson, when Robert Ferguson had the list Frank injury and wondered if that's what it was. When you got, when did you get the news? And, and does it feel a little bit like a punch in the gut? Like when, when you lost Ryan in 2010?
1: Yeah, we saw him, uh, yesterday, obviously when we came in here and, uh, yeah, I was talking to him and and kind of got the feeling it wasn't great. Uh, Monday morning is when most injured guys uh, get checked out, maybe get an MRI or some scan uh, to get the diagnosis of what they have, and uh, it's always frustrating getting you know negative news to be on the uh, you know knowing that you you may go to IR, you're going to be out for a while. Um, it's tough because you feel like um, you've tried so hard to. Uh, make an impact on this team and be a part of it um, and when you're kind of um, not playing you know especially when you're being on the IR and I was on the IR in 06. And, Different foot injury then? Yeah I broke a meta, uh, metatarsal okay uh, but it uh, feels like you're not, you're not quite as much a part of the team so Seth meant a lot to us in the locker room and on the field and uh, he's going to be missed but we knew we knew pretty pretty soon.
0: You, you talk about getting refocused you had I thought an interesting conversation with Rob Domofsky from the Press Gazette last Friday. He wrote a little bit about it on Sunday. You and you and Charles had a conversation um, about kind of where this team is and the leadership that you guys are going to have to provide. Can you kind of give us a little bit more of a feel for that conversation that you guys had?
1: I thought that was a privileged conversation between Rob and I. Obviously nothing is private. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, Charles and I are, are obviously real close and, and uh, always trying to keep a pulse on how the team's doing. Um I really felt like against the Saints, our energy level was uh, was low in pregame. And uh, I said it on, on my wire uh, multiple times that I really just felt like we needed to, to bring some energy because we were just, for whatever reason, a little bit lethargic. And uh, we ended up playing like you know gangbusters and, and coming out hot with a ton of energy. But um, I just feel like it's always important to, to keep a you know close eye on, on how the locker room is feeling and how guys personalities um or you know what kind of uh, comments you're hearing uh, and you know i just think that uh, you know having charles there has really uh, been great uh, and hopefully you feel the same way about me just bouncing things off each other and relying on each other for uh, you know for advice and leadership
0: so what's your approach
1: when the chips are down
0: I mean, obviously, guys are going to look to you to see how you are tomorrow when they're back in here. What? Because uh, you don't want to be phony. You don't want to be you rah rah and kind of in a fake way. But so, what do you do? What do you like this week?
1: I think you got to be the same person. Uh, I really do, and and I've always felt that way. Whether we're, you know, at this point last year we were five and zero or, or two and three, um, you have to uh, to be the same guy in practice. You have to be as prepared as you as you are each week you have to bring the same kind of enthusiasm and energy to the practice field and medium rooms um, and that's what the guy's going to see from me i mean they know what to expect from me uh, my understanding of people uh, will be watching not just the media but my teammates and coaches to how we're all going to respond to this um, this is a good opponent uh, coming up and, and we know the kind of game that we need to play in order to come away with the you know, with a victory um, on the road against a very well-coached team and a team that's playing with a lot of confidence, we know how that feels. We've been in that position before, um, but uh, you know, for the first time this season, we're probably getting a scheduling break, and, and we're playing a team that's coming off of uh, you know a Monday night football game. Uh, where we played a noon game, and they uh, you know may or may not have lost their all-pro linebacker um, Cushing. Um, they obviously have a lot of talent on that side of the ball and, and on offense as well. But um, you know, hopefully we can come down there and uh, play the kind of game we've been waiting to play all season.
0: Let's uh, let's talk about the offense because it's what everyone's talking about. When you set the bar the way you did last year, personally and as a group, and it's not clicking the way it did. I know it's a new year, but I mean, put on your put on your doctor's hat, Dr. Rogers, and and kind of assess the patient and. And tell me what you need to do to get it healthy.
1: Well, we've just been a little inconsistent. You know, I think uh, we've had real good stretches at times. We went four halves without giving up a sack. And uh, what do we have, five games. So in the other six halves, we've given up uh, 21. 21. Um, yeah, we've just been uh, uh, inconsistent on third downs. You know, last year we were up around 50. This year we're probably more in the, in the 40 range. You know, then we've been great in the red zone. We've cashed in a lot of touchdowns. I think we've probably got to be up near the top of that uh, that category. But uh, we're not getting down there as much as as we should, and that's why you know we're not averaging the same amount of points we had last year. Um, you know, offense and defense uh, you know go hand in hand. Uh, you know, when the defense is getting a bunch of turnovers, um, there's more opportunities to score. When they're not, than the uh, as many turnovers that we've been getting in the past. Uh, the emphasis really shifts to the offense to take the uh, pressure off of the defense. And when you play a game like we did last week, where we had uh, a little over 24 minutes of uh, um, of time on offense, it puts your defense in a bind. Um, you know, they had over 35 minutes of offense. They had uh, 89 plays. Yeah, there. they had a lot of snaps. We had, I think, around 61 or two, maybe it was. Uh, there's a big. Uh, you know, difference between them. now they had you know 24 incompletions, which uh, adds to the uh, amount of um, you know plays and, and
0: also makes for a three-hour and 40-minute game. That you know, was a long game. It was
1: a, it was a, an, almost an even longer game if we'd gotten overtime there. You'd but, have been okay with that. Yeah, but uh, you know, we need to do a better job on third down because um, when we're uh, not converting those, you can't keep drives going. You can't keep your defense off the field and. Um, Yeah, it just puts them in a a tough position.
0: You know, one of the things that I appreciate about doing this show is that, and you've said this to me before, you've never told me I couldn't ask a question. You said if there's a tough question that has to be asked, I can ask it. So how do you assess how you've played? I mean, you know, again, I understand where the bar is. I know what you said after winning the MVP, that it was going to be hard to replicate that, but I'm assuming you thought you'd be playing better or you'd be more productive than you have been.
1: Yeah, I mean, I haven't played as well as the expectations are, obviously. and um, The ones I put on myself, are um, I like to think as high or higher than the ones that people outside uh, put on me. Um, you know, it's interesting to look at the stats for what they are and uh, to think I'm not playing my best football right now. is uh, It's funny to see how things have, have come over the last four years, but um, I've set the bar high, and uh, I expect to play at a higher level. Uh, I've been making... Just some mistakes I'm not used to making. Um, I've like been well, just throwing the ball to the other team. I mean, I've done that four times already. Um, fortunate uh, that Lance Briggs dropped one in Chicago as well. Um, yeah, that's just uh, uncharacteristic of the way I've played. Um, have have made some checks that have, uh, you know, have been uh, unproductive. Uh, missed some throws. I, I'm accustomed to hitting. Uh, just haven't played the way i've uh i've kind of the standard i've set and uh you know my my solemn promise is i'm gonna i'm gonna work every day to get better uh, i'm gonna clean up some of the things that i'm not doing as well as i as i should um but uh the proof is in the pudding and right now uh, i'm not getting it done i gotta look at myself first um but uh, I can tell you that nothing has slipped in the in the way of preparation or the way I practice or the energy or the leadership that I take to it, uh, which is probably the most frustrating thing. It's, it's uh, You can't really point to one thing. It's just I haven't performed as well on Sundays as I'm used to performing.
0: Um, the one thing that we have talked about before on the show is that there's that fine line between holding on to the ball and because you know you can make a play and then holding on to it it took too long and it ends up being a sack how do you feel like that part of your game has been because it is part of your repertoire to keep it so you can make something happen you don't throw interceptions but there have been times where it probably resulted in a sack i would think right
1: yeah i think you know the 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 telltale in that is watching the film and uh, i don't think you can watch that film and point to a number of instances where i've been holding the ball too long um now, there's a combination of different things that can happen. but
0: What happens? Because the one thing that we don't watch when we're watching the game is we can't see what's going on downfield. And sometimes it's hard for guys to get open and they don't get open, and you're not going to throw a ball to put it in a position where it's going to get intercepted. Is that part of it? What are the things that are kind of factors in that?
1: there's a lot of things i mean there's there's numerous things to to say from the protection scheme to the route concepts to guys understanding the checks making the proper route adjustments making the the proper read on their routes um you know guys might miss uh you know a, a route change that would lead to me on the ball because i'm expecting you know got to be in a certain spot there can be uh um you know a number of things now there have been a couple times where i probably have uh held on to it longer than i should have but um yeah, I think we need we need to uh, to do a better job as a whole, um, making sure that we can cut down on those because that makes for a long season.
0: You mentioned practice. Mike McCarthy said something yesterday about how he doesn't think you guys have practiced very well all year. Do you get that sense? I mean, do you, have you I get the sense concerns? that he does
1: feel that way? Yes.
0: Have you gotten that sense from practice? I mean, have, have you felt like you guys haven't practiced as well as you normally do?
1: I think in uh, in some respects he is he is right on. Um, for whatever reason, I think the uh, the rookies have not uh, picked up what the practice tempo looks like, um, or the importance of the scout team looks, as well as maybe it's been in the past. Uh, I think, yeah, I don't know if Mike said that in his press conference, but uh, he definitely mentioned that in our in our team meeting that. Uh, yeah, and we've talked about that him and I uh, a number of times. And I know my role at practice is I got to bring energy and I got to bring life to that practice, and I got to be moving around well. And it's tough on some days when you're tired, even you know you've been preparing to late at night and you are up early. And um, but there's there's really no excuses when it comes to to the quarterback position and, and making sure that you 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 do every role that you're that you're called on uh, to the best of your abilities. That being said. There needs to be a level of professionalism that uh, is current through the entire team from the veterans to the rookies that, uh, that they kind of uh, understand uh, how each part of the day adds to the preparation. And I think that it can definitely be improved uh, on their standpoint from a, uh, an assignment and a tempo standpoint of practice.
0: One of the other questions I asked you a couple of weeks ago and you said to check back with you was I asked you how much you miss Joe Philbin. Um So it's been a few weeks, and again, when an offense isn't doing what it did last year, you look at what's different from last year, and there are different roles on the coaching staff. Is that still something that you and Mike and Ben and obviously Tom, who you think very, very highly of but is in a different role, is that something you guys are still working through? Do you think that's in any way a factor or in any way a factor that you just don't have Joe because of what he's meant to you?
1: I think it's more... uh The injuries that we've sustained, um, the fact that we haven't had a lot of the same type of uh, training camp and practice reps with some of those guys, not really having a full roster of healthy guys with Jermichael and Greg uh, as much as we have in the past. Um,
0: Do we we underestimate that? I mean, because, you know, you guys have to say next man up. Right. I mean, that's right. that's your job. You can't say, "Oh, look at us. We've got all these injuries." But do we underestimate how your offense changes when you're not when you don't have two guys of that caliber?
1: I, I think that uh, it's important uh, to give those guys the credit they deserve because right. they're both their are talented players, and when they're in the lineup or offense. Uh, You know, is very productive. That being said, you know there's an expectation when those guys are out that the next guy up is going to play well. Um, And on that note, I think James Jones has has had an excellent start to the season. Um, You know, I've been uh, definitely a fan of his for a while. I've made uh, again, no, uh, I haven't been shy about voicing my opinion about him. Um, Very proud of him. I think he's conducting himself the right way. I think he's practicing well. I think he's uh, really taken the things that uh, Edgar Bennett's been stressing um, to those guys and taken it on the field. Um, ball security, making the most of his opportunities, running his routes very detailed. And uh, when you have uh, a guy like Jordy outside, uh, who's, first of all, extremely selfless um, and, and, and just cares about winning. Um, what does that mean, Selfless. Means he'll block. He he'll block for his teammates, and he won't. Uh, he won't complain if uh, he catches two balls for 29 yards. If we had won that game, I mean, he would have been as happy as anybody on the plane ride home. Uh, says a lot about the kind of guy he is. But he's such a talented receiver that he demands uh, the respect from the defense and. Um, you know james has made the most of his opportunities done a really good job for us so it's got to be that mentality um for you know if jermichael's out this week for dj and for uh crabby and for uh ryan taylor you know they got to make the most of opportunities and realize that they're getting paid to play it's got to be the same on defense you know if bj's out um you know the next guy up has got to step in and and pick up the slack because um we're in a position right now where we need to win football games and get things going and get things looking the right way because uh it's an important time uh, in, in our schedule and our season. You,
0: you mentioned Jordy and being selfless. When you don't have those two guys we mentioned, how do things change with how teams are defending him? Because there's another guy who certainly raised the bar of expectation with the way he played last year and the productivity he
1: had. Yeah, it uh, depends. I mean, there, there wasn't a huge shift uh, towards him uh, on Sunday, uh, but... Uh, we just couldn't give him enough opportunities. You know, I, I missed him on the first drive. Um, uh, hit him on uh, on a couple others that we had penalties on. But, uh, you know, James was winning uh, some good one-on-one battles. Cobby had some had some nice catches. We just couldn't get enough opportunities. When you don't cover on a third down, then you have 60 plays. You only know, throw it 30-whatever times, and we had some sacks. But uh, and, and I ran the ball a little bit. But uh, just didn't have enough opportunities um, to, to spread the ball around because, you uh, we didn't do good on third down
0: one good thing i saw last night hey, all right i mean mr positive um i got to see the new state farm ad yay um i gotta sit now in my own biased opinion i think those have been the best things you've done because i like self-deprecating humor and i like it when a guy so do i for himself um Tell us a little bit about how this one kind of came together. If you haven't seen it, we'll uh, we'll post the YouTube clip of it to ESPNWisconsin.com. But basically, it's Career Day at the grade school.
1: Yeah, it's at uh, the Webster School right there on Webster in town. We filmed yeah. it in town. Um, some of the kids were were from either Hollywood or New York, or actually actor kids. All three of the kids me- showed in the spot were all young. Uh, Actresses and actors, and did a great job. Uh, but there are also some local kids as well who uh, were extras and 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 did good. These kids were uh, were great. I mean, we started filming early, and
0: when did you film it?
1: We filmed it during uh, right at the end of training camp. Okay. Uh, before the season, uh, so we started early and we didn't finish till later in the day. And it was kind of hot that day, and they did a great job. Uh, not complaining too much. I mean, sitting in the, in one spot for a while was tough for them. I just I love that crew. Um, I love the director. I love working with Adrian, who's uh, the Hey Rogers. <laughs> He's the big guy. He was actually there uh, and did some funny spots, um, but wasn't used in his first commercial. The exciting news for myself and everybody who was involved in the, on the on the set is that this is the 30-second spot, as they call it, the commercial. There's going to be four other 15-second spots.
0: From this shoot.
1: From this shoot. And that's the fun thing about working with this crew is, and, and with State Farm is the creative have, has always been, in my opinion, just so incredibly genius. Um, but uh, but also with the latitude to, to add some personal humor into it. Um, on my part at times, on the part of the other actors, uh, there's some great, great ideas that were used throughout the day. I mean, we we shot in that one spot from different angles, but we shot so many different ideas uh, from, uh, you know, stuff that involved um, Mr. Hubble and his interaction with the principal, <laughs> who's the guy who says, no, I'm not. That guy was <laughs> hilarious and, and a blast to work with, as was Mr. Hubble, who plays the, te- the, the teacher. I
0: love when he takes off his
1: yeah. Pain. Uh, the uh, the State Farm agent is a real State Farm agent. The the woman in red, um, she she was she was great to work with. And then the rest of the uh, career people the fireman, the police officer, the doctor. Um, I, wanna, I don't I can't remember what the other guy's job was. I think he was a construction guy. Uh, they were incredible. And there's there's four other spots that involve them in one way or another uh, that are going to come out along the way. Uh, in the next couple months, and uh, they should be they should be really funny.
0: Uh, our D-list question, did you watch Monday Night Football instead last night, or did you I watch did. a little baseball? Yeah. Um, obviously the Brewers and your buddy Ryan Braun are out of the mix, so how closely are you watching the baseball postseason, and, and who you got? Drew says uh, he's betting that you or your brothers had uh, Conseco and McGuire posters or maybe uh, a little Ricky Henderson from those A's teams
1: back in your youth. Kevin Mitchell.
0: I was a big Kevin Mitchell I know fan. that story. I know how big exciting Kevin it was to Mitchell. meet
1: him. It, yeah, when he played for the Sonoma <laughs> County Crushers. Uh, what a great name, yeah, by the way. Yeah, that was a big Kevin Mitchell, Will Clark, Robbie Thompson, Kurt Manwaring, um, <laughs> Candy Maldonado, Jeffrey Leonard.
0: Both two former Brewers. They spent some time in the Brewers.
1: Yeah. Now we got another System. Maldonado who's going to be a real good player, catcher. Uh, I love
0: that you call him Wee, by the way.
1: Yeah, it's definitely Wee.
0: Same with Vanderbilt. We oui. yeah. Cal.
1: We. Oui. Everybody everybody won this week except for us. <laughs> uh, so
0: who you got in the playoffs now though? Having been a Giants fan.
1: Yeah, I was. I was also an Ace fan as well. I, I I did enjoy when Ricky was there and again the Bash Brothers. Um, have been watching it too closely. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Brewers fan. I also pull for. The Padres, because I live in San Diego and I've gotten to know a lot of those guys um, over the last couple of years. They're not in it either. Correct. Um, so I pull for people that I n- know personally at this point, which is <laughs> not many people left in the playoffs. Uh, I would like to see. I would like to see Washington make a run. I think it'd be obviously great for their team. It would be an interesting subplot if they got far and couldn't complete it uh, with without. Strasburg. without Strasbourg. i think that would make things really interesting and i love the way that he handled that um i thought him being allowed to be honest in that situation um i think he did the right thing and and just said no i'm not okay with this why would i be okay with this right uh, i love that that honesty in sports and i think that that um was important for him and his in his career we
0: get enough of that you think Honesty in sports because if you notice, whenever somebody comes out and says something which we all in the media want to hear, right? We want honesty. We want the unvarnished, unrehearsed PC answer once in a while. Then the guy gets killed. You know, Wes Welker made some wise crack about Bill Belichick, and now that'll be the last we hear from Wes Welker, I'm guessing, for a while.
1: Yeah, no no more foot soldier comments either. <laughs>
0: no. <laughs> uh
1: I think it, it is interesting to look at the way that, that comments um, are portrayed and, and, you know, which get more run than others. I've been, you know, I've been someone who I think has been maybe on the more honest end mm-hmm. as far as my answers. Um, the cliche stuff and the, you know, the one game at a time and the, the you know, nuke that doesn't get a whole lot of play. And sometimes there's there's places for that. And sometimes that is your honest feeling. Right. Uh, I've always felt that. That honesty is 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 very important to being able to have a connection with the fans. That being said, I mean I'm honest about the Pro Bowl, and then everybody's got to talk about you know whether I'm an idiot for saying that or they agree with me. You know I'm honest about you know other things, and and for whatever reason uh, they get more play or 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 less play than they than they should. But uh, I think the honesty is always appreciated. I, I just wish that. Um, in, in some cases, uh, that there would be more latitude for for that honesty um, under the First Amendment. Now, saying that opens up, you know, some stuff that we saw in one of our media presentations about um, some highly inappropriate uh, Twitter messages that I think those people who did tweet them would would say it was First Amendment rights. Um, so. To wrap it up, I just think that honesty has always been the best policy. For whatever reason, sometimes you just have to be comfortable knowing that if you say something, you believe uh, that you might get ripped for it.
0: Let's go inside the helmet, and uh, it was really fun last week to do all positive plays.
1: So we're gonna switch it out. So we're it up. <laughs> um, the, No fun Tuesday. Here we that's, go. That's
0: yeah. That's gonna be my reputation. Ready? Go. Um, Let's start with the, the first pass to Jordy where he gets behind powers. Um, if you throw that pass ten times, how many times do you miss it? Or a hundred times? How many times you miss it out of a hundred? A
1: few. Probably a few. Three? Five.
0: Okay. Um, take us through that play and maybe the frustration of missing it because that would have obviously set a pretty good tone right away. Yeah, it
1: would have. You know, there's... Uh... A lot to be said about the opening drive of games, and especially scoring early. And we did a, we, you know, we scored twenty-one in the first half and got got it going there. Um, I think we scored on three out of four drives at one point. But uh, you know, the ability to take the crowd out of it early, um, especially after you, you kick off. Um, this is what I love doing. I love you kick off on the first. You know, you defer, you kick off. You got a big time, you know, leg on your kicker. Um, they get the ball to twenty. Your defense stops them. Um, you get the ball back with a decent field position. You get a f- couple first downs um, and score. And it just I think it really sets the tone for the game because not only do you go ahead, but you can have a chance to double up, which we did in the game and didn't do. Uh, but back to the first possession, um, like the call, uh, had a uh, couple one-on-ones over there um, with Randall and Jordy. had a good feeling that one of those guys was uh, was going to win. Uh, Zbikowski's safety was on the backside hash, so um, he wasn't a factor. Was able to step in the throw, and uh, as much as this might sound hard to believe, it's one of those passes that just came off too good. Um, there's there's some throws, uh, and even you know, when you're just throwing the football as long as I have, you, you kind of have that a feeling instantly on how the ball comes off. It either comes off, and you know you you didn't uh, spin it quite as well as you like to, mm-hmm. or uh, maybe you spun it really well, or maybe your release point was slightly high or low. Um, or you, you, you know, your thumb may may have slipped a little bit. Your grip pressure was too strong or too weak. Um, you just learn these things in the feeling, and it's an instant sensation that comes over you. And the instant one that hit me when I threw it was, man, that ball came off a little too good. Uh, it just, uh, for whatever reason, um, different. Uh, and this may sound bizarre and crazy, but this is literally how I think and how I rationalize this. That's uh, the
0: beauty of us doing this. So. And this Give is in no all. way.
1: in I mean, the the throw. Let me just say this before I say this rest of stuff. It was a bad throw. I mean, it it the throw I usually hit. I didn't hit. It was a bad throw. Uh, it did come off really well. Uh, it was uh, a good spiral. Um, different air uh, quality or uh, environments um, make your hand and the ball uh, react differently to each other. I think the one thing that. Uh, that you feel when you play in the dome is you want to get uh, that perspiration going right away because once you're um, you're sweating a little bit, uh, your hand reacts differently with the football in an environment that's controlled. When you start throwing in warm-ups, and I, every quarterback could probably tell you this, when you start throwing in warm-ups on, in a dome, the ball is, uh, is slicker. Um, it doesn't have that uh, ability to interact with the ground um, or... Uh, you know, a hand that's sweaty, and it just—it's a different environment. And I know it's hard to believe, but this is the honest truth here. Uh, you want to get perspiration going. I had it going, and and just threw it farther than uh, than I wanted to. Again, a, a throw I should have hit and and would have given us a jump start. But uh, it's it's crazy. You can have that sensation right as I threw it. I knew it was overthrown because it just it just felt like man. It I, I was hoping for about a 95 percent. Uh, Percent, yeah, and it uh, came off a hundred.
0: Uh, our positive plays take us through. Oh, James's we got two... now. Well, I got two more negative ones coming. Oh, good, so don't awesome. Worry. Um,
1: you're gonna finish with negative. Good. Yeah.
0: Well, you're, I'm trying you to know go chronologically.
1: You're wearing your cow stuff today. I was actually excited about this show. Yeah. Well, the... these short shorts. Sorry for you. <laughs> Those are short today. I mean, come on. You're showing off a lot of thigh.
0: Yeah. Well, I. It's bad. I got no comeback for that. Can you talk about James Jones's two touchdowns, please?
1: Uh, yeah, let's see. What, oh, the first one we had a uh, a check from from the line of scrimmage. Uh, we had one-on-one outside. They were bringing more than we could protect, so I decided to roll the pocket a little bit. Uh, Jordy did a nice job outside releasing. Again, you know, a lot of times when you talk about a play, you have to give credit to guys who uh, won't get any credit from, from anybody watching the play but who are essential to that play happening. And one, And, you know, two in particular... I'd say three in particular. Uh, left guard T.J. Lang stepped off, stepped down hard and and blocked off the immediate entrance to the backside a gap, giving me a very clean, uh, you know, ability to 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 take my time on the rollout. Uh, JerMichael did a great job sealing the right edge, uh, which gave me a very great, a very nice sight line to make the throw. And then Jordy outside released on his route, uh, taking the corner's eyes out of there, giving J.J. a one-on-one matchup right there and he ran a very good route uh, with a ball at his waist that he was able to catch and still um, extend to get a touchdown. So a lot Is of stuff goes of into a play like that, um, and it takes um, a lot of guys who won't get credit uh, on a play like that uh, to make it happen.
0: That was what I was going to ask because you've talked about that before. Yeah. All right, what about the other touchdown?
1: We had just come off of uh, you know a, a drive where we kind of switched field position. We kicked to him. Our defense held, did a great job. We got the ball back around midfield. Um, Ran a run play on first down, uh, blocked it up great. Alex Green made two great cuts on and juke both the safeties, got us down in there and about the six, I believe. And we ran a play that I swear never works in practice. (laughs) It is not one of my favorite plays, but for some reason, well, I mean it never works to uh, the receiver to James in that situation. We've thrown touchdowns to John on that play. We've thrown touchdowns on the backside, but your first read is James on that play. And I swear we never, we never hit him in practice. But it's always one of those things where we have these plays where it's like, it has more of a chance in the game, so let's give it a shot. Yeah. And we had the perfect look pre-snap. We wanted uh, a cover-four look where that safety Bethea would be aggressive. Um, just came up off the fake and had to trust it that if I threw it hard, uh, that Zibikowski, the backside safety, wasn't going to be able to make a play on it. Um, was able to, uh, he was just stalled long enough by by the play action, and was able to sneak that in there to to James, who made a nice catch and gave us a the lead there.
0: Two other plays that I wanted to ask you about. First of all, the interception, um, not only how that played out, but maybe what you saw on the other side, because it did look on the replay that, that you had something maybe on the other side to Cobb.
1: Yeah, that's one of those things where, unfortunately, the uh, the way that the, the play played out um, forced me to go to the other side. Um, we have been working on that play motion, Randall over and throwing the ball on a little slip screen, Um, was adjusting the protection uh, up front, and Randall went in motion. Now, what that did was um, we weren't able to time it up. That was a play we wanted to time up um, so we could feel better about the alignment out there and the potential blocks. Uh, So he was already lined up. When I looked out there, my second look the outside guy was uptight um, and didn't feel great about the look. I had backside. I had one-on-one uh, with James, um, decided to take that matchup, um, felt real good about the throw, and uh, it was going to be a completion. However, it got tipped and, and became a back-shoulder ball that went to the front shoulder, and the guy made a play on it.
0: It didn't get tipped by much, but that's all it takes because watching it on replay, it's really hard to see that it got tipped. Yeah, it's, a tiny it was, bit enough to make a difference.
1: Yeah, it wasn't much, but it uh, it moved the ball at least a yard. I would say, uh, probably maybe slightly more. Um, but uh, felt good about the throw initially, and, and probably would have been a completion to James. But uh, again, if uh, we're able to time that motion up, that's a, that's a 95 out of 100. I'm throwing it to Randall on the other side. Um, but because of the uh, adjusting the protection, Randall kind of went in motion on his own. Um, obviously, still. Probably should have thrown over there, but uh, but my second look um, kind of discouraged me. If I had taken a third look, I probably would have thrown <laughs> it over there. But you know, it's one of those things that uh, feel good about the matchup with James. And again, if it wasn't tipped, I probably would have had a good opportunity there.
0: And then finally, right before the the field goal attempt, what what went on there at the end? And uh, I guess I thought maybe when you motioned to majority right before the spike that maybe we were going to get to see a fake spike throw the ball down the field but that was not going to happen either can you kind of take us through the the spike play and then what kind of went awry that you had to call timeout
1: yeah well donald makes a great catch on uh, you know that puts us down there about the 33 and we had the timeout i think we had 25 seconds before that snap um so I, I, we were kind of in that in between where if you catch it you can call timeout right away, run a play and then clock it or you can clock it, run another play and call timeout. So decided uh you know if we usually say if it's a if it's a big gainer, a, a plus 16 or more, you probably want to take the timeout there. Okay. this um, was
0: what 14, I think. I hit,
1: yeah, I think it was uh in that range. So decided to just get up and and clock and spike the ball. Um in the past, we've had some issues uh, with uh, alignment on those spikes. Most notably against Cincinnati, um, you know, where we did, we weren't aligned correctly, and um, you know, I had to end up fake spiking it and rolling out. They called a false start on us, and we lost the game there. Trying to make a comeback, um, I looked out to the right, looked out to the left. We were good. Looked out to the right quickly, and it just didn't look like Jordy was on the ball. Um, it looked like he was a half yard to a yard back. So I just, you know, I wanted to make sure he was up on the ball. I motioned to him. He doesn't do anything, you know, so we probably lose a second there, second and a half. said, all right, whatever, Sp- spike it. So
0: you, so th- you were maybe going to?
1: No, I wasn't going to. Oh, it was definitely I was just spike. making sure that he was on the line of scrimmage. So we had a seven on the line of scrimmage, okay. yeah. Um, except we spiked it. The thing that we always talk about is the clock is running. The play clock. So you spike it, forty, thirty-nine, thirty-eight. We're trying to figure out what we're going to run. I'm motioning over. I'm giving the the, the crucifix signal. I'm, I'm I'm saying we we have a church play where um, you go down to one knee, you catch it, you don't try and get any extra yards, you go down to one knee. We call timeout. Oh, you that's a what a goal. church
0: play is. Mike said that phrase. I didn't know what it meant. Yeah,
1: it's where. Uh, you don't get extra yard and you take a knee and we call timeout, um, when there's, we usually say seven seconds or less. We had eight in this situation. Um, or it could be, you know, up to 15 seconds. You never know. But, uh, in this case, um, you know, we, we were, uh, you know, trying to get the right personnel in. We got it in, we broke the huddle. Um, I was potentially making a check out to the right. And as I looked out to the right, um, I came back to the center and realized that Jeff had declared uh, to the left. I want him to declare to the right so I didn't have a guy running in my face um, and ended up uh, looking back at the clock. We had uh, a couple seconds left. It was in that gray area there. You know, do you try and snap it real quick? You might have a guy in your face who could tip it and pick it, and you, lose the, you don't even have an opportunity. Or do you call timeout knowing you're already um, well within your field goal kicker's range, Um and uh, and take your chances there. Now, you know, again, if you if you snap it there real quick and you and you luck out and you don't have a free guy hitting you or in your face, you might get a couple extra yards. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um there's also some negatives that could have happened there, tip ball in the air, more time runs off, you know, uh, you know, turnover, sack, you know, stuff that would have hurt us. So, ultimately, we still had a, you know, we still had a chance there. Would like to get a couple more yards from Mason, but um, you know it's something we can learn from
0: you clearly had the timeout before the ball came sailing back to you i mean it was it close it felt close but was it not very close in there? my
1: mind it wasn't close okay once i called timeout, i saw the ball fly by me and it was one of those things where you got a quick saying like okay i felt like i heard a whistle I may, <laughs> should i run after that uh it was pretty close That's i felt cool. like i i kind of did a timeout turn real quick it's it's uh you got to kind of practice that one. Okay. The, uh making the T and turning real quick, so we got it in.
0: Let's uh, let's look ahead to the Texans. Now you said you watched some of the game last night. Uh, what did you see? Watching it on TV, and and what did you see while you broke down film of them on your iPad?
1: Well, a lot of the stuff that's, that that uh, you see on TV, you see on on the on the film. JJ J. Watt is a is a big time player. Um, very talented. Uh, can uh, can play inside can rush from outside um they got two solid guys rushing outside they have um two guys inside i mean jj gets a lot of the the um the fanfare but typical wade phillips defense he's got five guys uh, up front who can rush have uh, rush lane discipline um and can get to the passer um have a lot of respect for wade got the you know i've said this before on this show but i got to got to meet him at the pro bowl a few years back and really enjoyed being around him and um, have a lot of respect for the way that he's coached the game and and conducted himself for years um got to meet uh, coach kubiak as well i saw that carl durrell is on his staff always Mm -hmm. enjoyed uh conversations with him in college when he was at ucla um there's some familiar players that uh, i've gotten to know over the years obviously matt schaub who uh Graham Harrell has a huge crush on, calls him Schwabe. He's probably his favorite player in the league, favorite quarterback, even over me. Uh, <laughs> but Even uh, though he's
0: missing part of his ear,
1: Yeah, he is. Uh, Daniel Manning, we played against him. He was in Chicago right. for years. I uh, have some uh, familiarity there. Uh, actually, um, I don't know if I paid for his dinner. I, I don't think he was part of that group, but uh, I remember that his uh, – I was at dinner one time in Chicago, and a few of the players' wives were having dinner together—Daniel Manning's wife and some of the other players—and they came over and um, were actually very nice. Uh, so that was uh, something I was—I was teasing. What they say? I can't remember exactly what they said, but uh, I think they were trying to talk a little trash at first, and I was kind of laughing at them or with them, and uh, they had a good sense of humor. But um, it'll be—you know—it'll be a good test for us. They're a very well-coached team. They take care of the football. They have. Uh, Maybe the best running back in the league, uh, and Aaron Foster and Ben Tate behind him if he's healthy, you know, a great player. Justin Forsett, former Cal Bear, saw him last night getting some run as a third down back and, and uh, getting some carries. They do a lot with their tight ends. They have a very good play-action game. They have one of the top receivers in the game and Andre Johnson. Um, they have a lot of talent. They, they take care of the football well. They block well. Um, and they play solid defense. So it's going to be a loud environment. It's going to be um, – Probably a playoff like atmosphere I would guess. They uh you know, there's a lot of urgency on, on uh coming from our locker room that will be in and uh a lot of pride in our locker room and guys I understand how important this one is and hopefully we can come out and play our, our best game on uh, Sunday night football.
0: How do you think you've been with noise? Obviously Seattle, I don't know how you felt about the noise there. I didn't think and you can tell me I'm wrong, but I didn't think it was that loud in Indianapolis. It looked like there were a lot of Packers fans when I made my way through the crowd as well. Um, that is going to be different. I would assume that the Texans fans, with a primetime game at home, are going to be pretty juiced up, and it, I'm guessing it's going to be quite loud.
1: Well, I know from uh, from doing Donald's event, uh, you know, multiple years down there. There's a lot of there's a lot of Packer fans really? down there. Um, and we have incredible, incredible fans that travel well, so I would expect there to be a lot of fans there when we played Dallas. Um, I remember down there a few years back, there was uh, there was plenty of Packer fans. So um, yeah, we hope they show up and and are nice and loud. There wasn't a big issue in Indy, um, but we would expect it to be a little more raucous down there. Um, which I think we handled we handled uh, the the noise better in Indy, and uh, hopefully we can handle it well on Sunday night.
0: One last thing about the Texans, and again, this is based on listening to John Gruden and Mike Tirico, but J.J. Mm. J. Watt, uh, apparently very adept at batting passes in yeah. the line of scrimmage. Is that a factor? That I mean, I assume they all want to bat passes at the line of scrimmage, but is it more of a factor with him?
1: Well, I think it's he gets a lot of fanfare again because he's got 11-plus uh, inch hands and... Um, He's such a talented guy, uh, but they all do it well. I mean, last night uh, um, they had, uh, you know, on that last drive, a big, uh, right. a big knockdown when they were trying to get the ball to Cromartie. Um, they're smart. They know if they if they're not getting to the passer, they're gonna their transition is uh, is to get their hands up. And they're tall, athletic guys who can uh, jump. Um, and JJ Watt supposedly said it to John Gruden. I heard last night he was talking about, you know, if I'm not getting there, I'm just gonna read the quarterback's eyes. So, um, that comes into you know into play. You don't, as a quarterback, it's, you don't. You're not often thinking about looking off D lineman, but uh, it's something that we're gonna have to think about and, and have a plan for, um, and we will. Let's get to our Ask Aaron questions before we run out of time. If
0: you want to submit one, you can use the hashtag #AskAaron on Twitter, or you can email us. Uh, Drew with the first question. And I, I I didn't realize that it might have been a factor. I thought it was weird for sure. He said, "What was it? Was it difficult to play a game on turf that looked like it had just hosted a ticker tape parade?" Yeah. Uh, I had never seen confetti at a game while the game is in progress. Was that a factor? And did your uh, did your shoes uh, overcome it, or what did you think of that hole?
1: Yeah, no, it wasn't a factor. I just thought it was kind of weird. Uh, at one point, you look up and there's Confetti just kind of floating in the air, and eventually gets down on the field. I mean, I just thought it was uh stupid. <laughs> can I say that? You can say whatever you want. Where'd it come from? It's who? You know, why thing. did they drop it? Uh, stupid. Uh, yeah.
0: Uh, number two comes from Andy. Uh, Is John Mayer's album his best or greatest work yet? You a John Mayer guy? I was. Past. That I was twice. in college. Yeah.
1: I mean. Uh, okay. He hasn't... I, I thought his last CD was very good. Um haven't had a chance to listen to this one all the way through. So anything I, new? I can't uh, comment on that.
0: Anything new on your iPad, uh, iPod? Anything that you're listening to? I actually to?
1: collaborated uh, with Alex Van Pelt recently and went through kind of some of his iTunes. He's a very uh, eclectic taste in music. How He'd, old is Alex? Probably younger than you.
0: <laughs> Stop, you're a funny guy. <laughs> uh... So is it a little bit of older school music? Well, he's got of the, the age discrepancy. No, between
1: he's got his, his kids are a lot older than you. Uh, yours, yours are. He's got. Uh, I think he's got a teenager and uh, a couple. Uh, I think all his kids are uh, double double figures. Um, so he's got some today's hits, but he's also got some uh, some stuff from the seventies, eighties, and nineties. So he's very well rounded music taste.
0: Alex Van Pelt was born May 1st, 1970, so he is, in fact, older than me by a couple of years. Barely. Mr. Funny Pants. Barely. Um, this one comes from Mike. When the Packers win their next Super Bowl, would you consider doing a Super Bowl shuffle-type music video?
1: Uh, uh, Yes, I would.
0: Did, do you recall that? Is that what that? they want to hear? That was. The plans, I, I don't know. Yes, uh, I do. Now, they did it before they actually played in it, though. Yeah. I'm guessing you wouldn't put the kibosh on something like that yeah i
1: wouldn't even get my ring size before i played in the game so (laughs) really i forgot to do it i was just making a joke there
0: you forgot to? i mean we obviously all wrote about that and that was one of the interesting stories of super bowl 45 along with cj wilson playing piano the night before so you where did you go did you get lost while everyone else got in line or what happened
1: uh, I was lingering, playing, uh, hanging out with the guys in the, uh, cafe- in our food room, um, and by the time I came out, the line wasn't there. The line started, it was big, after we broke and got snack, and I was just kind of lingering a snack, talking with some of the guys and trainers and doctors, and by the time I left there, um, I wasn't even thinking about it, and uh, spacing out, and just walked right past it.
0: So... Did you eventually get sized, or do you have, like, a ladies
1: sized ring, or what's the... I have the perfect size for my finger, thank you very much. It's not a pinky (laughs) ring? Just got to find that ring. I don't know where it is. Um, Really? Next question.
0: Keith asks, and this is a more serious question, and I think it's a good one.
1: Come on, Keith.
0: Um, Do you think helmet-to-helmet contact should be reviewable on replay next year? Hmm. I thought Nick Perry's hit on Andrew Luck that caused the fumble was an okay hit. Now you've got an interesting perspective as a quarterback on this and Nick Perry's teammate. What do you think?
1: Well, when I saw it live, it looked it looked like it was a clean hit. I tell you in in my opinion, and this, you know, take it for what it is. I think the flag was thrown because of the way it looked because when he got hit, his head snapped back so hard. Um, I think just it looked worse than it actually was. It was Nick Perry who weighs 270 pounds, right. um, with a hit that wasn't that was in the zone, and I don't think if you look at the replay that it was with the crown of his helmet. Um, but it just looked bad because he basically had a free run uh, of about six yards of space, and his head whipped back pretty hard. So that's that's why I think the penalty was thrown. Whether you can review those plays down the line. Uh, I think you have to really think about that. I really do because um, a 15-yard penalty is a big assessment uh, and one that often leads to scoring possession. Right. Uh, and it's a judgment call. So they've been reviewing a lot of judgment calls. Um, that's interesting. Interesting thought, and I think it might not be, it might not be bad, especially. Because the league eventually does, they they review all those plays. So if they're reviewing them, whether or not to give discipline on those, right. which I'll be interested to see what happens with Nick as far as that goes, um, you might as well do it on game day as well.
0: That was a killer, though. I mean, you guys got the ball at the what twenty-yard line there, if it stands. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what was fun- the
1: score at that point? Uh, that's a good question.
0: Uh, I don't know. Jeez. Well, I. Uh, some of us don't have the uh, photographic memory that you do. Whenever anything happens in a game, uh, it was fourteen to three Kay. at that juncture. No, check it. Fourteen nothing at that juncture. Yep. Um, was it? Were you quizzing me? You knew the answer to that. Of course. You put me on the spot. Well, you make me go through my book looking. For I just you? want to just see said what said kind so?
1: of reporter you are. Are you detailed or not?
0: Um, uh, yeah. Uh, between the leg thing and now the detailed thing, this has been a good show for me too. Uh. Finally, the last Ask Aaron question. Uh, It's actually two-parter. One comes from Mark that says, what, if any, is your favorite Halloween movie of all time? I guess we're a little ahead of the curve on Halloween. And then Sean says, uh, piggybacking off of Mark, uh, some of your former Halloween costumes, what was your favorite? Sean's personally was when he, I assume this was him, went as Howard the Duck. Hmm. Howard the Duck. You're way too young to have seen that movie, aren't you? Yeah,
1: I'm way too young for that. Uh, let's see here. I don't watch a lot of Halloween movies. That's my first answer to the first part of the question. Uh, I can't really name one that I like that I watched.
0: What about a Halloween special? Are you like a great pumpkin Charlie Brown guy or anything like that?
1: Nope. Okay. Uh, my favorite outfit, without a doubt, the day before Halloween a few years back, Uh, me and Papa, who's been getting some run. Hopefully this gets back to Papa again. I saw him at the Indy. He was surprised to hear that we talk about him on this show. But uh, Papa and I went as dumb and dumber. I, of course, as I told the guys this week in my my Saturday morning presentation, that I was made fun of in college for uh, looking like uh, Jim Carrey. A.K.A. Lloyd Christmas from Dumb and Dumber So I was obviously Lloyd in orange With the top hat cane
0: You did have the bad haircut
1: yeah, Thanks And Papa was Jeff Daniels um, Harry And we went to a concert Our buddies uh, in Amber Lynn Were playing at Tom, Dick, and Harry's Which is now uh, not Tom, Dick, and Harry's anymore uh, And went to that concert And had a great time
0: What's the Saturday presentation
1: We'll talk about that down the road. Okay. Well,
0: that's that's what we like to call in the radio cliffhanger, a tease. Yeah. <laughs> it's like watching Days of Our Lives or something. Did you watch soap operas when you were in college? No. I mean, some people some people do. I'm not here to judge.
1: I watched uh, Dawson's Creek. Is that a soap opera? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and you yeah. know what? My my sophomore year at Cal was out was the the OC, first Ooh. and the best season.
0: Yeah. And you watched it?
1: Yeah, I did. Okay. Got into it.
0: Nice. Well, we will, uh, we'll talk about what a Saturday morning presentation is maybe next week. Maybe we won't. But we will review what happens on Sunday night against the Houston Texans. And maybe it will
1: be cold enough for you not to wear shorts.
0: Never a co- fat, very good insulator, I'm here to tell you. Uh, we will also take your questions for Ask Aaron, and we will look ahead to the third of the three road games as the Packers will go to St. Louis. Have you had the Destroyers on now? Did you have them on? I had them on, yeah. Okay, they're back. They st- you still love them. They're back. They're still your shoe. Yep. Uh, so we will talk about all those things and more. Thanks for tuning in. We'll do it next week. This has been the Aaron Rodgers Show.